Hey everybody, Jack Dorsey from The Wire reporting. You know, in case you've been living under a rock for the past few years, you know about COVID-19 and how it's impacted the global stage. How we live our lives has drastically changed, and what's changed even more drastically in some cases is how different countries have responded to the new situation. For example, here in the US, while different states have different strategies for dealing with the pandemic, our nation has been relatively lax on mandates compared to other nations. But for students studying abroad and are interested in studying abroad, the countries that they're planning on traveling to and their varying pandemic strategies and restrictions are of interest. Want to travel to the Netherlands? Well, according to CNN, you're going to have to deal with a partial lockdown and some establishments are closing early. And if you're interested in Bangladesh, there's a 14-day self-quarantine mandatory for U.S. visitors. If Australia ever opens up again, you may find yourself inside one of their controversial quarantine facilities, where according to The Guardian, three people recently escaped from, which prompted a manhunt. But despite all these differences, Whitman students, myself included, still want to study abroad. But in today's climate, what does that look like? Today, I'll speak with Susan Holm, who directs off-campus studies. Let's see what she has to say. I'm interested in how studying abroad and the programs that come along with it have adapted to these new times. So I'm Susan Holm and I'm the director of off-campus studies at Whitman and we have a three-person team in off-campus studies. Barbara Hoffman is our associate director and Laura Cummings is our coordinator. So in this office, our main mission is academic, to help students augment their four-year undergraduate career at Whitman College by including a semester or sometimes a year or summer studies off campus, usually outside the U.S., but we do have some U.S.-based programs as well. So to have an opportunity to get in-depth learning off campus in a way that might complement their major, but it might also help them acquire language skills that they've been working on in another language, or even to pursue other interests that they haven't had a chance to pursue at Whitman. So we see our office as playing a really vital role in helping students gain a perspective, a global perspective, through firsthand experience in other places, either studying with faculty from other countries meeting with government officials, meeting with nonprofit officials, working with scientists in other locations. So lots of firsthand experiences with people. That's awesome. You know, the study abroad program sounds really interesting. It's something that I've kind of been interested also. How popular would you say it is? Oh, it's extremely popular. So if you talk about the pre-pandemic world, of course. Um, Typically, in a given year, about 40% of our third-year students would study through an off-campus studies program at Whitman, either for the semester or the year. And then an additional number of students would do programs in the summer, often on their own, but with us advising them about you know, particular locations. So, you know, not quite 50%. We'd love to have the numbers higher, but certainly, you know, in the low 40%. So many, many students are interested in doing this, and we want to support all students and hope that all students will consider the option. Of course. Now, obviously, it's COVID times now, and the world's a little bit different. So, I mean, has it never changed that much? Has, has student interest dropped off, or has it remained the same? 
You know, that's a really good question and it has different levels. I would say that student interest is still very high and maybe I should start with the facts. So last spring, we only had that the spring of 21, we only had six students actually physically in other countries outside the US um, because of border closures. And of course, when they left for study abroad, there were no vaccinations available yet. So, but that's improved a lot with the COVID vaccines available and other countries also having vaccines and lockdowns being more or less um, not completely eliminated, but reduced. There are things like vaccination passports that are used, for example, in Europe, so people can have access to restaurants and venues if they're vaccinated. So this semester, we have 14 students abroad. And in spring 22, we're expecting about 60 or so students will be able to study abroad. So, you know, when your initial question about um, student interest, student interest is still really strong. But I would say in some cases, if a student has one particular place they want to go, for example, Japan, we have students who are very committed to their study of Japanese language, maybe they're Japanese language majors, they really want to study in Japan. The Japanese government has kept the border more or less closed, partly because they had low vaccination rates initially. And they were just about to open it for spring 22. And then the Omicron um, mm. variant has surfaced. So we're expecting that study in Japan may not be possible this next semester. So for some students, they may say, well, if I can't study and work on the language I want to work on, maybe I'll just stay at Whitman. I will also say that we've seen, and this is a positive thing, that many students are so happy to be on campus with their friends, with the faculty that they haven't seen, and to be in a quasi-normal situation, even though we're all masked, that some of them have said, you know, I want to be here. I want to be in Walla Walla, and I'm going to forego study abroad. And, you know, we support that. We want students to make what's a good choice for them right now. And during the pandemic, there are lots of factors to con consider. And there is still some risk, if we, as we've seen with this Omicron variant. We don't know how serious that will be. Hopefully, we'll have more information in the next couple of weeks. That's what the World Health Organization is telling us. And hopefully, it won't be that serious, but it may end up dampening some interest in spring study abroad. So I hope that answers your question. Oh, no, that's, that, that answers it perfectly, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, different states have different ways of dealing with COVID as well. Um, do, do you take into account that at all, or is it mostly just focused on different countries and how they or their numbers of COVID? When you say states, you mean states in the U.S.? States in the U.S., yes, sorry. Yeah, well, I think... You know, we try to monitor things as closely as possible, everything from, you know, the CDC and the World Health Organization. And also, so we're, we're looking at what government guidance is saying about safety of studying in a particular destination. But then we also are looking at, like, let's take, for example, France. If there's a program in France, we're also looking at what is that program doing to keep our students safe? Are they recommending or requiring vaccinations? Are they requiring masking? Are students living in singles or doubles? So we're looking at, you know, is the program being proactive in keeping students safe? And of course, 
what safe is has changed now that you know all Whitman students will be vaccinated because we're requiring that. So we can loosen up um, the precautions that we find acceptable because you know students are va vaccinated. So one of the really positive things is that some programs things may feel almost like the old days pre-pandemic like in Denmark and Sweden um, they've had great success um, with you know students are in home stays students are doing excursions they're in classes so things are proceeding maybe like they are here at Whitman and even maybe with fewer restrictions because of COVID rates in those host locations. Wow that's well, it's, it's a lot to take in. It's, it seems like there's a lot of thought and effort that goes in the study abroad program. Well, I think um, there are a lot of variables right now. And one of the things, you know, there's sort of a twofold thing. On the one hand, we want every Whitman student to get the most out of their education at Whitman as they possibly can. And, you know, of course, I personally feel that if every single Whitman student was able to study off campus or abroad during their Whitman career, that would be fantastic. But we also understand that there are some risks, especially during the pandemic, and that families and students have different tolerances for risk. They also have different medical situations. And we want to support whatever the student ultimately decides is the best path for them. So, you know, I think because of the pandemic, there will be some students who maybe opt not to go abroad right now. But we also really support ideas for students to maybe do something after graduation if they're not able to go. We have worked with the Career Center in the past to put on a, a program related to work abroad after graduation to help students realize that you know there are jobs for teaching English and, and related things that students can do in Spain and Japan and all sorts of places. So if, if it doesn't work out to go abroad, while they're here as a student, um, they may be able to work abroad later after graduation. Okay, wow. <clears throat> so, I don't know, let's say hypothetically, there's a freshman out there who's interested in taking the study abroad program, may or may not have red hair. Uh, what, what, what sort of advice would you give to students who are interested in the study abroad program but are kind of on the fence, or maybe they don't, maybe they don't know uh, how the program will be impacted in the future? Yeah, great question. Thanks, Jack. And you weren't talking about yourself, right? Oh, no, definitely not. I would never. <laughs> so, yeah, so we will have, and for any first years who are listening, we will have what we call our Off-Campus Studies First Year First Step meeting in April. And this is kind of our introductory meeting for any early planners in the first year class who want to come to an info meeting. And we do a big overview of what are the program options, how does it help you academically? You know, what are the prerequisites or eligibility requirements? What are the costs? We kind of go over all of the advantages and planning steps for off-campus studies. And then after that, any student is able to do a one-on-one -on -one advising appointment with either me or Barbara Hoffman. So we want them to come to an inf that info meeting first because that kind of gives you the basics. And then when you come in and meet with us, we talk about, you know, what are your goals? What are your goals at Whitman in general? And what are your goals for Study Away? And they vary a ton. Um, you know, there are programs where you're at a scientific research station in the Caribbean, snorkeling or diving almost every day, looking at the ecosystem and the fish habitat. 
um, which is awesome for a student who wants to study marine biology. Or there are programs, say, in um, Argentina for a student who is a student of psychology but also wants to work on their Spanish skills. And you're taking university classes with Argentine students. So very different options are out there. And it really just depends on what that student is looking for. Do they want to be in classes with local students or do they want to be doing field research? So we parse all that out and hopefully identify a few options. Um, I should also add that because of the pandemic, we have been working carefully to help students have a plan A and also a plan B. So if a border closes in the location that they're planning on going, um, that they maybe have a plan B. And that plan B could be a second study abroad program or it could be just coming back to Whitman instead. But we've been doing a lot of that and we try to be very flexible to help students pivot if their first choice program is no longer available. Okay, wow, that's, that's very interesting. I guess I have one last question, just kind of just popped in my head while we were thinking about this. What would happen if there were a scenario, would it be feasible if there was a scenario where a student would be studying abroad and then some new variant or some new policy <clears throat> may pop up that would prevent them from returning? Um, what, what would something like that look like? And has that something, is that something that's been considered? Well, not only has it been considered, but that's exactly what happened in March of 2020. Oh, boy. So, um, you know, I'm really happy to report that the providers we work with who are professional study abroad organizations for the most part and universities abroad did a really superb job in spring of 2020 in what was um, truly probably the biggest um, worldwide study abroad emergency ever. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been in the field for 30 years and I've mm. never seen anything like it. But what happened was, you know, student safety came first and providers focused on the students. Um, we did have students in Peru and Morocco who were not able to leave because the governments of those countries closed the airports um, out of precaution because of COVID. And of course it had just, COVID had just started. No one really knew how it was gonna play out or how bad it was gonna be. So the organizations the students were studying with um, helped book flights for students. When those were no longer available, they worked with the U.S. Embassy and we assisted as much as we could from afar in Walla Walla as well in communicating with students, communicating with parents, and ultimately um, some of the students were evacuated by the State Department. Um, and they ended up leaving maybe in some cases a few days or a week later than they had wanted to, but fortunately no one was stuck for you know multiple weeks or months in a host country um and everyone had housing and food and shelter and you know everything was provided for um you know i would say that that's why we send students through organizations that are um, trusted and we know have good emergency protocols and um yeah, and so we, you know, everyone just did the best they could to help the students, and um, we hope that doesn't happen again, but I think both Whitman off-campus studies and the providers we work with, we're all more prepared for that kind of scenario because we've we've been through it once already. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, yeah, Ch changing world, especially during these times. 
Uh, well, th- I think that's all I have for today. Well, thank you very much, Ms. Holmes. It's been a pleasure. Well, Jack, you're most welcome, and I certainly hope we'll see you and your classmates at our April First Year First Step meeting. We'd oh, yes. love to work with you and help you find a great program. That'd be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. After that interview with Susan Holm, I decided to look a little bit more into our study abroad program and see how it's been impacted by COVID. Unfortunately, I was unable to reach any study abroad students for comments. However, according to Whitman's own off-campus studies webpage, even though COVID vaccination is required for Whitman students, that may not be enough to guarantee your ability to do everything you want to do, because different nations have different ideas as to what fully vaccinated means. For example, in Italy, getting a booster is required to be considered fully vaccinated and to enter many public venues, but it may not be possible to get a booster in Italy Because this is a private medical matter, you should talk to your doctor and your family to determine your best course of action before you decide to study abroad. Also, depending on where you go, you may also be asked to download Alert Traveler, an app that provides travel intelligence for countries around the world, gives you notifications of nearby threats, and occasionally asks you to submit check-ins to your university based on those threats. Remember, since finding yourself stuck in a country is a very real possibility, during these times. Plan on any necessary contingencies. Or rather, plan for any necessary contingencies. This episode was edited by Mia Graham. Sources cited include The New York Times, The Guardian, and Whitman College.